You're listening to The Dirt on Dating Show with your host, Misha Noah. Get ready for real stories with everyday people on topics like the hottest dating apps, when to commit, and how to find a partner you actually click with. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah, and today we're going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Shelby. Shelby is a full-time fur mama of four, a Libra sun, Gemini rising. She's a widow, a real estate agent, and she's living in Cincinnati, Ohio. She's currently exploring polyamory with her partner after making the conscious decision to challenge her own beliefs about love, health, spirituality, and sex. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, Shelby. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Noah. How are you? I'm, I'm amazing. Yeah, it's just been uh, it's been a wild day, and I'm excited to I'm excited to hear about your wild adventures. Mm, I'm excited to talk about it. Cool. So <laughs> you're currently in a polyamorous relationship. How did that start? So it actually started like many other monogamous relationships do on a dating app. So I met him on Tinder, and he was very open and honest about the fact that he is polyamorous and that he is married, and. I was kind of like, ooh, this is new. Don't know anything about this, but why not? And we hit it off. And now it's been about five months, close to six months. And life looks 300% different than it did six months ago. So, mm, and, and in a good way or in a bad way? Oh, absolutely in a good way. In an wow. incredible way. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that. Are you, what makes it so good? Do you have other lovers? Does he? And obviously he has other lovers as well. Yeah. So I knew going into our relationship that he was married and that he had a wife. And at the time I had been kind of like casually seeing one other person, but it had become pretty regular. Uh, And other than that, I do not have any other partners or lovers. And right now it is just his wife and I. Mm, Okay. And then do you, do the three of you hang out? Yeah. So I have a fantastic relationship with his wife. However, we are not romantically or sexually connected. So we have an awesome friendship Mm -hmm. and it's truly, it's been an incredible experience because having someone else who also knows the person that you're dating like that well really easy to just have conversations where you're like, okay, cool. We can talk about this. And I don't have to like explain it to you in addition to telling you my own feelings about it. And, and so you said you're pretty new to this whole polyamory thing. Walk me through the thought process or the emotional journey as you've (laughs) decided to sort of throw away your old relationship model and, and, and embrace something new. What, what, what was happening? Well, so that journey actually started a little bit before my relationship that I am in now. I was previously in a monogamous marriage and that ended after about two and a half years. And after that ended, I kind of just, I was on my own for the first time in my life. And I realized like, hey, I have a decision to make. I can continue to live as I have in the past, or I have this opportunity to truly create the life that I want to live. And so I started questioning everything. Anything I believed to be true previously, I'm like, why, 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 why? And one of those things was monogamy. I didn't have any experience outside of kind of my own like theorizing and like the things that I was thinking about. So when the opportunity then presented itself through Tinder and (laughs) this opportunity then to meet my partner, I was just very, I would say open-minded. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I'm 28 years old. 
I had already had, we'll say like a failed marriage. After that experience, I was kind of like, oh, well, I can't really like mess anything else up. So why not test mm-hmm. anything out? Well, you, you said you were a widow, right? So it's very young yes. to, it's very young to be a widow in 28. Yeah. 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 My, my late husband passed. So I go back and forth between, I don't want to say ex-husband, but I also don't know if I want to call, like we were separated for about a year and he passed away in January. And that was obviously just a complete mind fuck. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Being a widow at, at 28 is not something that you hear about very often. However, I've been been very open about sharing my experience as a widow, partially for my own grief process, like grieving process, but then also so I can share this experience with other people and normalize things like grief, normalize mm-hmm. things like depression, normalize things like guilt and shame and all of those things that oftentimes go along with something like survivor's guilt and whatnot. So yeah. And and like while we're on that topic, I, you know, later I want to get into some some fun, juicy stories, but yeah. Uh, while we're on the topic of of getting over guilt and and moving on and 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 basically mm-hmm. forging a new leaf in your life, mm-hmm. right now we're in a really interesting time with everyone staying home at the p- pandemic, going through this massive shift in how they approach relationships, how they approach love in general, and being stuck at home with yourself a lot more. What strategies and tactics did you learn or did you apply to process your grief and and to come to terms with your your new direction in life. Cause I think a lot of people are going to have to sort of reboot the computer in a sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're Having, like building a whole yeah. new computer from the ground up here. <laughs> like yeah. we're even rebooting at this point. We're like, Oh, this is all brand new. That's I feel the way I feel about that right now is I feel like every, someone just gave me all of the parts to a computer. I am a real estate agent. I know nothing about computers. And they just said, Hey, here are all the pieces of your life. Good luck putting <sighs> this back together <laughs> into a functioning computer. <laughs> But as far as tactics that I've used or things that I do to kind of like process my experience, I do a lot of journaling, like a substantial amount of journaling. I also try to, I consistently rate my emotions on a scale of one to 10. Uh, One being like, okay, I'm feeling all right. And 10 being terrible. And just kind of like witnessing that experience, that like number, however I'm feeling and just being like, hey, right now in this hour, I am a seven Mm. or like I'm a two has just really been helpful to be aware of the fact that every feeling will pass. Like it will eventually change. I will not always be in this position. So my, my experience is obviously very specific, but it could also help a number of people who are concerned about what they're going to do for work or how they're going to move forward in their own relationships or their relationship with themselves. Like it's one of those, I have felt that it's an, an activity that can apply, can be applied to multiple things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the journey from separating from your husband to entering polyamory. What kind of fun dating adventures did you have along that journey? Oh man. Oh, I've got some, I've got some fun ones. <laughs> so in the process of, you know, exploring what I do believe in as far as, you know, monogamy, non-monogamy, And then also just like sexuality in general and truly realizing the like breadth of the spectrum of sexuality has been an awesome experience Mm. for me. I think over the past year, I have stepped into my own sensuality a lot more and I've really connected with myself as a sexual being and the fact that there's no shame in that. Like we are exactly who we are and 
Like that is why our soul is here kind mm. of deal. But that also means that I've had some really incredible sex over the past yeah. year or and a half or so. I've done a lot of traveling. So I've kind of branched out while I've uh, been traveling and yeah, had a really good time. Share us a, a story of a time that maybe you pushed the limits a little bit and you had something that was more wonderful than you expected. Oh, this is a fun one. And now I'm going to laugh if he hears this. But uh, so I went to Portugal last fall. And while I was in Lagos, I matched with this guy on Tinder and he was like, literally like a God, (laughs) beautiful, beautiful man. And he was two hours away on a like yoga retreat farm that he owned with his best friend. And he was like, Hey, you've got a few more days. Why don't you hop on a train and come in and stay with me? So I did the thing that you're never supposed to do when you are a female traveling alone. I got on a, <laughs> got on a train and the two hours to the middle of Portugal and had a pretty incredible sexual weekend on his farm before I got back on the train and went to Lisbon. Tell us about it. Did he, did he walk up with a towel on and he's just like, Hey baby. <laughs> oh yeah. No, actually I had a complete panic attack at the train station because it hit me like, Oh no, I am in the middle of nowhere and I don't know Portuguese and this was a really bad decision. <laughs> and then I got off the train and I saw him and I'm like, Nope, this was actually a, this was a really <laughs> good decision. This was a really good decision. And one of the things that led me to making the decision to actually go was the fact that through a conversation that I had with him, I actually orgasmed without like any kind of stimulation other than just his words. Wow. And that was a completely new experience for me mm. and one that I would highly recommend. To so were you, were you naked and like, was he talking in your ear? Were you just sitting at the dinner table? Oh, no, 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 This was like before I even got there. So this wow. is like voice messages, like voice messages Whoa. through Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Was he saying anything special or was it just like, Oh no, I can't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I want to know though. Is it, was yeah. it like, uh, was it sexting? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that leads me to the next question. Mm-hmm. What turns you on the most during sex? I like to be choked a lot. I like to be spanked. Really just like light bondage. And then what do you think is a secret to being a better lover? Compassion. And I would say like, appreciating a connection with someone like actually acknowledging a connection even if the like sexual encounter is even if it's not like a long-term partnership or something that you're exploring but just that connection i think really makes a difference yeah and i think as you're building connection there's a lot of other emotions that come into play and and it's hard to always be in control sometimes because there's always uh programming Mm -hmm. from the past there's you know a lot of baggage that we carry around with us that sometimes we don't know how to deal with it and especially entering a new type of relationship you know and and where there's not just you and your partner but now there's a third person in the Mm -hmm. dynamic is there a story that you can share about a time that you were working out the kinks and maybe something didn't go so smooth. So my partner and I met right at the beginning of the stay-at-home order in Ohio. We had gone on three dates before that happened and I had not had an opportunity yet to meet his wife. We hadn't really gotten to that point yet. 
And a few months later, it became very clear that the only information his wife and I were getting about each other was through his lens and through Mm. what he was telling each of us. And of course, that's great. And everything that we heard, we both heard was fantastic and wonderful. But there's still this like additional level of her and I needed to have that friendship and we needed to meet. And there, there were like a few moments where it, I was always incredibly concerned about how she was feeling about like what she was thinking, you know, they, the other part of this is that they just moved to Cincinnati in January. So they are completely new to the city and she doesn't, they, neither one of them have like this, you know, huge friend group yet at the time. And so I'm like, just really empathizing where she is and her experience. And so that was difficult until we ended up meeting like a week later because we were both like, nope, this can't continue to happen without this acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. So luckily we got through that pretty quickly, but there were a few weeks where it was just, you could tell that we were both kind of trying to figure out what the other person was thinking mm-hmm. and not having I'm a very open communicator, which is obviously something that's very important in this kind of relationship dynamic. Uh, and so to not have that thread of, of communication was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, so are they, they're living together. Correct. And then how does yeah. it work when, when does he come to your house or you called, you go to there? Like how does, how does that dynamic work when, when the two of you want to see each other? So now we've kind of settled into like a little bit of a schedule. So we try to figure out at the beginning of the week on like a Sunday, you know, what days we're going to hang out together, what nights we're going to spend together. His wife also does have another partner now that she has met not too long ago. And so now it's a little bit easier because she is then, you know, with him oftentimes when we're together, I have a very flexible work schedule and so does my partner. And so it's nice to be able to kind of have flexibility through the daytime. And then also the fact that right now we don't have, there aren't any children involved. And so mm-hmm. we just live a very flexible lifestyle. So we just kind of, you know, set things up as we go. But socially, the four of us hang out together pretty often. Obviously, we still can't do too much because COVID has really messed that up for all, messed up all our fun. But we still get together and, you know, make dinner and whatnot. Have you guys ever like had a foursome together? No, no. You think that's on the cards? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, we it's haven't a, explored, we haven't explored that too much, but I don't think so. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. There's a, there's an interesting thing that I, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about polyamory, there's this sort of proverbial like Pandora's box. Like once you, once you open mm-hmm. it up, now you're going to, you're going to become this horn dog. That's going to just like go screw yeah. everybody in the neighborhood. What do you, did you feel anything different? Like, oh, now that I have this freedom to to have other lovers in my life, like has that changed your libido in a sense or your your desire to get out there and see new people and new partners? I don't know if it's necessarily changed my desire to go actually see or meet or sleep with other people. But what it has done is it's given me a almost like a sense of permission to explore my own imagination in those ways. It's given me kind of the ability to, to look inward and be like, Hey, what do I want? What additional layers of monogamous programming can I peel back to find out who I am at my core and what it is that like I, I do desire. So Mm -hmm. it's also nice because then 
like I do have a partner that I can talk to these things or like talk about these things with. And it is not, we'll say like, it's, it's not taboo. It's not bad. It's not wrong. Whereas in previous monogamous relationships, I have felt fearful of like expressing some of those things. Yeah. And then speaking of just expressing and communication, how do you guys deal with jealousy? <laughs> so this is a relatively new feeling that we've both had. But for both of us, it's pretty important to acknowledge pretty quickly that jealousy is kind of like a vehicle for another deeper root feeling. So if we, if one of us is feeling jealous, we usually try to start talking like, okay, what is causing this? Are you afraid that I'm going to leave? Are you afraid I'm Mm -hmm. going to meet someone else? Like, is this, is it abandonment? Is it like lack of attention? Like kind of like getting uh, a little bit deeper into what causes the jealousy. And uh, it's interesting because we haven't really challenged each other on it too much yet. Because again, because of COVID, we're not, you know, we aren't meeting new people or Mm -hmm. seeing new people right now. So we haven't truly crossed that bridge a whole lot yet. But I'm I'm obviously, we we certainly will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think you'll have measures in place in order to deal with that as it comes up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. So working towards wrapping up here, I'd love to ask, as you've, as you've been sort of exploring this journey, it sounds like you've, you've taken some time to do some introspection and, and thought about it. Do you have any books or resources that you've read that have really helped you along the way? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, as soon as I found out that my partner was polyamorous, I was like, okay, I've got to read about, I have to like know everything. I just really wanted to educate myself to make sure that I was interested in this. And that also that I could keep up in like conversation about it and whatnot, because polyamory has its like entirely own language (laughs) I've learned. So one of the things that I did was I searched like the polyamory hashtag on Instagram and I stumbled upon another podcast, which is called the Amory podcast. And it is a, a polyamorous basically podcast, but it's just about love and relationships. And they were super helpful for like a a newbie like me to Mm. understand. And then there have been a few books that I have been gifted by my partner and his wife, but to be honest, I have not, I haven't picked them up. <laughs> yeah. The, the audio books are sometimes really easy. If you, you can, you can kind of like sit down and go for a drive with the audio book on. Um, yeah. Well, that's how I do it with the podcast. I'll like, now I miss my car time. I'm not driving yeah. really as much. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, how am I supposed to listen to all my podcasts now? <laughs> right. Well, fantastic. All right. So final question, what would be your advice for your younger self? My piece of advice for my younger self would be to set more boundaries and educate yourself on them and feel confident and comfortable in them before you enter a relationship. That would be it. And that could be a whole nother conversation (laughs) about that. But it's, uh, it's definitely, I think the one thing that I lacked a lot in my younger years that I really value highly now. Absolutely. Well, Shelby, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if people want to find you on Instagram, how do they do that? Oh, I am at shelves underscore and cheese. Perfect. <laughs> All right, <laughs> shelves and cheese. I'll let you, I'll let you get back and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Noah. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. Two things you can do to support the show. One, swing by our show on Apple and leave us a, a positive review. We love those five-star reviews. And then if you want to be featured on the show, visit dirtondating.com slash single to introduce yourself and tell us your story. Thanks for listening to this, this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe, talk dirty, and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.